and she will literally take the time to respond to everybody that gets it. And there's a lot. It's amazing to me how many people are responding there. And she will take the time to, to say, hey, I know this is hard, but there's a lot of resources and I will be here every step of the way to help you, to guide you. And this is a welcoming community. And so to me, like that's the kind of impact that you two are making that this podcast wouldn't have had otherwise. And so I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for what you're doing and helping others. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. Okay, you guys are in for a treat today because we have our husbands back on the podcast. So I thought that you guys should just quickly introduce yourselves. Maybe tell us something new since the last time you were on. Hey, everybody. This is Drew. Glad to be back. It's been a while. So what's new? Uh, Colin, it's been a long time. Way too long. They've had all these experts, authors, speakers, therapists, and yet we're just, we've been kicked to the side, haven't we? Yeah, the real story is that uh, they had somebody cancel last minute and they desperately <laughs> begged us to come on. Um, what is new though? We we bought a house together, we did. the four of us. That's pretty crazy. Uh, it's, it's not it's our primary house. We don't, it's not like full house, but pretty close to it. I mean, I like little, the show, Full House. A little vacation home. Yeah. Uh, that's been really fun to work on together. It feels like we've been focusing on fixing the railing and paint and really fun trying to make that space ours. Colin does all of the hard work. He's the, the manual that's laborer not true. At, the, at the cabin, but <laughs> it's been appreciated. Uh, we bought a boat recently, too, so looking forward to getting that out later this spring. Um, what else is new? Uh, I've been coaching a lot of... Youth, Youth basketball. Holy cow. Uh, that is an exercise in patience, and it's probably good for me. Oof. But in all seriousness, great to be back. Looking forward to digging in with y'all. Yeah, I'm just thankful to be here. So this is Colin. I am Abby's husband. And so I would say for us, it's been a lot of the same, maybe more of the same. We've been in heavy youth sports right now. I've been watching Drew coach some of these sports as our kids are together, which has been great. But a lot of the same. Okay, so we took questions for you guys. It's things that the community is asking about or struggling with all the time. And so we're going to start with a hard question. This idea of having permanent birth control. So Drew and I, as you guys know, went the vasectomy route. What was that? Four years, four and a half years ago. Four and a half years ago. Colin is a week away from getting his vasectomy. (laughs) So we wanted to talk about it because I think it's something that people don't often talk about. Drew, when it came to making the decision to have a vasectomy, did you have any reservations at all? Zero. Absolutely not. You weren't scared of the procedure or anything like that? I wasn't necessarily looking forward to having someone cut my nutsack, but (laughs) beyond that, I was excited to be done with the potential of having more children because (laughs) our kids were a lot. I was good with two. Amy, you really wanted three and I came your way. I love all my kids dearly, but I knew anything beyond that was going to stretch us much further than we needed to be stretched. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Coming in hot. Okay. And then when you made that decision, was it something that we talked about a lot? Did we discuss it together? Did you know that was the way we were going to go? Well, wasn't it part of our third child contract where I think I said I would give you a third child if we agreed to put a man cave in the basement and I could get a bisectomy as soon as... That's a nice trade. Yeah, as soon as Coco was born. I honestly signed my soul away for a third child. It was at the point where I was like, I will give you anything. And I'm just being really honest. And I do think Drew took advantage of that And I still hold her to it. (laughs) Okay. But from my perspective, 
I knew that three was a stretch for Drew. So I knew in no circumstance should I try to get a fourth child. And so for us, it was actually a pretty easy decision to go that route. And we didn't ever really question or waver. Yeah. Once Coco was born, my first call instead of to my parents or friends was to the doctor trying to sign up for a vasectomy. I saw the email (laughs) come through like right basically we got Cole home and I was like true you're so (laughs) aggressive about it but I also would point out I think I did better with the finality of having children than I think a lot of people including you thought I was gonna do yeah pat yourself on the back but you deserve it you did better than I expected well that's a part of it I mean that's a, a lot of our listeners are like for the woman it's so hard to know that that chapter is closed forever Mm. is a big part of it I just, we were so happy with the children that we did have, and I knew that it couldn't last forever. And I think it's interesting because for Colin and I, it's the opposite with mom versus dad. So I was the absolute, I am good with three. Like what Drew is saying right now, that is how I feel in my bones. And Colin is the one that has more of the reservations. It's also interesting because I'm choosing not to go on a birth control after our, our third child. And so I'm kind of giving it to him being like, Hey, Colin, like, is this is the time right now? Here we go. <laughs> like, like, let's do this. Let's do this. But it's also difficult when one person wants the procedure done, but it's actually the other person's doing that has to do it. So for, for me, I feel like we had a, we had a disconnect because Drew and Amy, it sounds like you had that conversation. There was a contract, right? You actually decided, Hey, this is what we're going to get. If we're going to meet in the middle a little bit, right? And for us, when we had Owen, I don't remember having that conversation that said, hey, this is going to be it. I don't remember having that. And Do you remember having that, Abby? We had talked early in marriage and even in like premarital counseling about two or three kids, but it was not something that we had like for sure signed on the dotted line. So I will definitely say that. Yeah. We'd always been like, oh yeah, we're a two or three kid family. We're a two or three kid family. So then when we had two, and I even remember the month that we got pregnant with Owen, that was going to be the last month that I was willing to try. It was only three months at that point. So not like our, our first pregnancy that took us much, much longer, but it was so stressful with his work travel, with things picking up, with the kids getting older and in a really difficult place that I'm like, if, if we don't get pregnant this month, I don't want a third kid. So the fact that we got pregnant that month, it was already a little bit at a time that was a lot of a challenge for me. Owen was meant to be. Yeah, I think for me, I also am struggling through this. Like, I'm not going to lie. I yeah. have, I've struggled with this decision. There's something about closing a chapter in my life that I really enjoyed. I loved the baby making phase. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not just for the sex, because I really loved, ba- I love babies. I love kids. I love holding kids. I love playing with kids. And so when it's so final in your eyes and I'm like, shoot, I love that so much. I'm not ready to let go. Mm -hmm. So that's where I've just been fundamentally for the last six, seven, eight months to beyond that. Because really ever since Owen is born, your tune around kids has been so like final, like that Mm -hmm. was it and I'm done. And so I'm still kind of coming to grips with that. And like part of it is just looking back and just being thankful for the kids I do have mm-hmm. because I, for a little while there, when we were trying to get pregnant the first time uh, with Lucy, it took us a, a little while. And I think we've talked about it in the podcast before. And so when we, when you got pregnant the first time, it was such a celebration. It was such a big deal, like so fortunate. And then we had Micah and now we have our beautiful Owen. And so our family is full. And so part of the reason why I am okay with this is literally talking to you and seeing you, um, like it's a, it's a, it's a loud household. It's a full household. We are very busy as most families are that have two or three kids in their house. So the reason why I am, I'm moving forward with the procedure is that it's, if it's good for you, it's, Mm. it's also good for me because if we had this fourth child, like I know you're going to struggle with it. And you're the one that's carrying the baby. Like, I also don't, you know, there's, there's more skin in the game for you on this. You guys are full of puns and funny oh, ways to phrase the, things. It's the dad jokes coming out. But I think... 
that part was really important because I think in that way, Colin and I are very similar. It was important to me to think about Drew's mental health and pushing him to three kids has been hard for him. And so I think pushing Abby to four kids from where I sit would be very hard for her. Mm, Yes, it would. So Colin, are you like 100% all in on the vasectomy or is there still... Are you going to dip out at the last minute? A chance that you may postpone or cancel altogether no abby's been having some really like funny conversations with me about this she's like well what happens if i die you know what happens if your new wife wants to have kids i'm like i feel like that's fair i said that to drew i'm like if i died you'd probably marry some you could marry someone younger she might want her own child in the worst way and vasectomies are reversible, but it doesn't always work. So people yeah. say that really flippantly, like you can reverse it. It's like, it doesn't always work. Are you sure that you want to make this permanent? In Drew's case, he is positive. He doesn't want any more <laughs> offspring from anyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think for me, I'm like, number one, I'm not thinking about that whatsoever. And if that ever comes, then I'll, I'll address it at that time. But right now, you are my only plan, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Don't you go dying on me now. (laughs) Okay, so something that might inspire people that are coming behind us and their kids are still younger is the idea of has intimacy improved as the kids have grown older? Have you guys seen any changes? Tell us how that's going. I do think it's gotten easier, uh, as the boys have gotten older, I feel like there's less demand and strain on each of us as parents. Uh, we're less less depleted at the end of the day. Um, I feel like, Amy, you are also more in the right mindset for it because having two and then three small kids at one time, that was just a lot. And by the time you put your head on the pillow back to the younger kids' days, you're ready to sleep and I have always loved sleep. Y- you, you are a big fan Still of sleep. need a lot of sleep. So this that was very hard for me. Like I was truly like my gate was closed at like nine fifteen PM. Oh, way before that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the gate was permanently closed for a while. It felt like, but it, but it does get easier over time as the kids get older. Yes. They still like wake us up in the middle of the night. But uh, overall, we're sleeping more. We have more energy throughout the day and at the end of the night. So for those of you that are struggling through this phase right now, uh, it it will get easier, but it takes time. So I know intimacy is a broad definition. Yeah. Right. Yeah. People just don't feel connected. It's like they don't want to kiss. They don't want you to touch them when you pass. That was some of it. Like I would come and like hug you or like kiss you on the cheek or neck and like I'm being touched all day by these little monsters. The last thing I need is for you to be touching me too. So chill well, out, mister. Also, it's interesting because all the experts we follow and women can have that reaction. If you have kids on you all day, you're breastfeeding, like there is this reaction. Also, approaches that used to work or be less annoying, like slapping my butt or grabbing my boob, like that just changes when you have kids. You're like, do not, bro, do not come at me like that. I almost lost a hand once. (laughs) How about for you guys? Yeah, I I would agree. It's gotten a, a lot easier to want to be intimate as they've gotten older because the kids are becoming more capable. And this is really applicable, too, with Owen. I mean, Owen can get his own snacks now a lot of times. He can drink his own water on his own, right? He he can entertain himself with play. So it's given us a little bit more room to have that intimacy in our household to include, like, just snuggling and hanging out and holding hands. Um, The other thing that's been really helpful, too, is just you have gotten your some of your energy back, especially having mm-hmm. Hashimoto's, and so that was an absolute depleter, right? And so it, it has been, and I, w- and I think you would agree, just significantly better and more fun. And, and again, while I love those baby phases so much, this is also another reason why I'm okay with the vasectomy is because I have a lot of my wife back that I didn't have mm. a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. 
And I think to add to that is just the ages of each of our kids. Like in the mornings, for instance, we have an early riser. Lucy's an early riser. I know Trey is also an early riser. So when they were two, three, and four, one of us would have to wake up at five or five fifteen or five thirty, even on the weekends. And it just right away, we didn't have that time together in the mornings. We would, that person would be very, very tired all day. And now when Lucy wakes up, she goes and makes herself a snack. She colors or does a craft. She watches some cartoons. Our boys sleep in a little bit, so we actually get more time in the morning for intimacy, even just laying in bed together. Sometimes until like seven thirty or eight. Some of these weekend days, which that feels absolutely amazing. And if you're thinking right now, like there's no way that'll ever happen, at some point it does. At some point. Mm-hmm. You can have that 7.30 or 8 p.m. where both of you can be in bed next to each other. And I feel like those days, I just feel connected to you so much more throughout the day just because we have that little bit of connection. It's not like, your turn. I did it yesterday. Like, oh, I was with the kids all week, so now it's your turn. That's how it always was. It was this scorekeeping card, this resentment factor. Everyone felt like they are, each of us, I should say, felt like we were taking on the lion's share because we both were in a really challenging position. So I just feel like that part has eased up so much and that has helped all over, like just with our marriage and everything. Trey is trained to go downstairs and play now, and it's such a huge lift off of our shoulders because he does that. Drew is an early riser. He goes to the gym, and I get to sleep. So that's really great for me. And now a quick break from our sponsor, BetterHelp. You guys know, if you've been listening a long time, how much Abby and I believe in the power of therapy. We know that for some people, it's super hard to get into your schedule, and that's why we both have used and loved our experience with BetterHelp. They are able to match you with a therapist for exactly what you are going through, and then set you up quickly, and you can have virtual sessions with your therapist. There was a point in motherhood when I definitely needed someone to talk to and work through the things I was going through. And I was so thankful for my therapist and the time that we spent together because she was really able to help me through what was a very hard time. You can go to betterhelp.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. Join the over 2 million people that have used their services by going to betterhelp.com backslash herself for 10% off your first month. And now a quick break from our sponsor, Element. Element is something that I have added into my life and I absolutely love it. So I take the packet, I mix it with water and ice and I drink it. It's, I start my every day with a pack of Element. There is no going back for me. I love the way that it helps my hydration throughout the entire day. I love the flavor. Now, at first, you have to get used to the salty taste. You've got to figure out your ratio of how much water you like into it. But then if you're anything like me, you might really become hooked on it. There are so many good flavors to choose from. My personal favorites are raspberry salt, orange salt, and citrus salt. Those are three that I constantly have in my rotation, and I'm absolutely so excited to drink it at the beginning of the day. So if electrolytes have been something that you want to try, I can tell you that Element is such a great company to give it a whirl. They have a free trial pack for us, so you can go to drinkelement.com backslash herself for your free trial pack. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash herself to get your free trial pack and see if this is something that you would like too. One thing we do work on in our podcast though, is this idea that there are actions you can take to make any situation you are in better. And so we know that A lot of the reason that a lot of women don't feel intimate with their partner is because they're not getting enough help inside the household and with the children. And so why on earth would they want to be intimate with their partner when they feel resentful, when they feel burned out, when they feel unhappy? So we wanted to know what do you guys do around the household and also just like to make Abby and I feel like we want to connect with you. I think to me, this is about taking ownership. I think it's easy for the dad in a lot of traditional households, right, to take a step back on the kid activities, the cleaning. And and I, I think there's so much joy 
that comes from taking responsibility and taking the initiative with your kids and with their tasks associated with that, where Abby, I know, feels so loved when I can take things off of her plate. And I just find it, excuse me, to be so, um, with such satisfaction, right, that I can be a leader in the house, that I don't need to take a, a, a step back and let her lead. I'm allowed to lead and lead our household and to lead our family. And, and I think that leads to better connection with, with us. And that better connection leads to more intimacy, right? You want to hang out with me. If I'm constantly seeking intimacy without everything beforehand, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, that's well put, Colin. I, you know, the the day to day things like making dinner, doing the dishes afterwards, cleaning up. I think those things help. One area that I struggle with, I think I've improved, but I'm still not where I want to be. Is after a long day at work and dinner, and it's late, but there's still an hour or two before bedtime. Actively engage yourself with your kids. Uh, it's easier said than done because I'm usually mentally and physically exhausted. I want to just sit on the couch and stare at a TV. I also love and want to play with my kids. I just a lot of times don't have the energy by default and I need to be mentally strong and create that energy to get down on the floor and play with them or get them outside or ask them to play catch, read a book, uh, do art with them. So that is certainly an area that I'm continuing to work on. I think it's really hard because it just comes down to if you're like Drew wakes up early at 4:30 a.m. to work out, so then when he's falling asleep on the couch at 7:30, I can understand it. But if it happens a couple nights in a row, I'm like, okay, buddy, you got it. If you're making that choice, you have to show up here too. Um, so as adults, especially with this age of kids. There's just so much to do and get done that it can just feel so hard. I think a lot of people are in that same position. Yeah, and I don't think, like, it doesn't have to be this, like, huge time suck. Like, even if you if we spent 15 quality mm-hmm. minutes where all you're doing was hanging out with that kid, asking them questions, playing with them, like, it's that quality time that your kids are going to remember and that your partner sees you engaging with them. And those are the kinds of bonds that are just so important right now to do. So we would all continue to encourage everyone listening to spend that quality time. It's not about quantity, quantity, because we all don't have that. We don't have that energy for that. But we do have the energy for 15 minutes. Yeah. And to simplify it, think about the one or two things that might be small, but that your partner really, really appreciates. For example... Uh, I drop the boys off at school and daycare every morning and Amy picks them up. But one day a week I'll offer to pick them up and she absolutely loves it. (laughs) So that's one thing, one small thing I do that um, helps out a bit. I could use some of that. (laughs) (laughs) Amy's looking at me right now. You should see a video. Well, it is really nice. Like anything that you know could make your partner smile or your partner happy or your partner's load less. And for Abby and I too, it works the opposite way. Like I think of things I can do for Drew um, because at the end of the day, I feel like if you both feel loved and cared for, that goes a really long way in your relationship. I do have a question before we yeah. get to the next one. Um, and I'm curious, like honestly, like how what what are the specific moments where you two find time for intimacy? Like, do you do you have separate set times where you know you're going to be together? Where it's like, hey, this is our time. And do you like how does that look for you? Well, we are night people, so we never do the morning thing that you guys like to do. So usually at night, but then also we do find small pockets during the day. Like we love a daytime rendezvous, whether it's at the office. Well, it's my office to be clear. So it's like I... All right now. (laughs) Shots fired. Well, I didn't want it to be like it was like your work office or something. Or we'll go home early before we see our kids. So Drew and I have always really thrived when we both have the energy. It just feel if you can like find a way, if you're listening to sneak something in where it feels exciting. 
Yeah, I really like that answer. I was just going to say, Colin had brought up the energy thing before and that exactly what you were saying. There was like no way that nighttime sex was happening for like a good year of my life. Like by 7 p.m., there was no way that I was going to have the energy for that. And that's your preferred time. And so how is it fair that I always get my preferred time? Well, Colin in his mind was like, well, as long as I'm getting something, like (laughs) any time is going to work for me kind of a deal. But I feel like when you have the more energy, whether it's because you're going through something with your health or because your kids are older or because you're finally sleeping through the night, it just helps both partners so much in that sense now. Because yeah, any time of day is is fair game now, but there was a very long period of time where I was off limits. The, the gates were closed, as you guys were talking about before, way before 9.15 p.m. Yeah, now you're getting turned down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so one thing that people also wanted to know is what do you wish more men knew about being a contributing and involved partner? I think we've touched on this a little bit, but in Drew and I's relationship, I know that Drew has stepped up in major ways. I think when we started Parenthood, we just didn't understand everything that we were going to have to do. There is a million small tasks to run a family, to run a household. Drew and I know Colin is too, Drew is extremely involved in taking a really good share. And I know that that has improved our relationship so much. And still from my followers, I hear like, doesn't he almost like they think Drew resents me because I've made him step up more. So I thought we should talk about that a little bit, because in my experience, our relationship has just gotten better from you being more involved. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, the analogy I would use is it's kind of like uh, a workout where it might seem daunting or intimidating, or you just don't have the energy for it up front. But once you get going with it, and especially after you're done with it, you feel a lot better about yourself and it just puts you in a better mood and creates a better environment. So if I'm contributing more, I'm typically happier. You're happier. The kids are happier and engaged and we have a better day-to-day life. What about for you guys? I know you guys did, didn't you do the fair play cards and you really took the load sharing seriously? Yeah, we did. We haven't done it in a little while now, but I, we probably should bring it back up again. Remind us of what that was again. Yeah. So Eve Rotsky has a card deck. You can find it online for free, but she does have a really nice card deck where you lay down a card and it might be something like breakfasts. And then someone's like, oh, I'll take on the breakfasts. Like I'll take on the breakfast this is what I'm going to do. And you can trade it off per week. Some of the daily grind tasks, for instance, like meals, laundry, those feel really heavy because they're all the time. But what we found is that Colin's like, well, I usually do this. Well, I usually do this. Well, I usually do this. So he had this whole big stack of things. And I'm like, okay, here, do you want to continue to take these on? Or is the usually going to turn into always or not at all? Because what we find in our relationship, and it's hard because he travels quite a bit too, Mm -hmm. but we'll both be on the same task and then balls will get dropped. So there'll be some tasks where I'm like, well, he usually does this, so I'm not going to do it. And then Colin at the same time will be like, well, I usually do this. I'm just not going to do it today. And we were dropping balls that way because one of us wouldn't take ownership. So it really does help because you can take ownership of very specific tasks, things like the tooth fairy, things like um, birthday cards, bringing the gifts. Like there's so many tasks when it comes to kids that you don't even think about, but then all of a sudden it's an hour before the birthday party and you don't have a gift. Well, I know like both Drew and Colin like one of their main tasks in the house is making the, the dinners, which that is a big, it's, it's a big heavy pull. Like there's a dinner on the table almost every single night mm-hmm. because of both of our men. Um, and at the same time, when somebody's not making dinner, kids have to get picked up. Backpacks have to get unpacked. Kids have to be entertained. They're screaming and very, very hungry. So there's parent parental involvement on both sides of it. And I think that's also a really good thing to remember. If mom is making dinner and taking care of the kids, that's a lot going on all at once. And I mean, we do this, I mean, I probably do that two or three nights a week when Colin's traveling. And so for the parents that that is always their task, doing both sides of it, making the dinner and doing the, the child caretaking at the same time, it can feel like a lot. Yeah, I could feel like it. it's a lot because it is a lot. <clears throat> the one thing that I have implemented over the last probably year or two is I feel like I'm very organized at work. Generally, I'm not. So I have to move myself into a certain category in, in my work life so that I can stay organized. And then when it came to the personal life stuff, I let Abby lead and had her tell me with the things that she needed to have done. Well, that's where a lot of the resentment came in, right? Because she felt like she was the owner of the household Mm -hmm. and I was the owner of the business life, but she has a work life too. 
And so I think that's where this fair play idea and concept really started to come in handy. And so now I have my work tasks that I schedule on a, on a Sunday. I know what I need to get done from a work standpoint. I also now have a personal life to-do list as well to try to take ownership of it because I was kind of falling back into my normal, easy, what, what feels right for me personality in my personal life and stretching myself in another, and it really wasn't fair to Abby. Mm. Yeah, Drew and I, what we do is we divide tasks by strength usually. And so Drew is much stronger in schedules and school, like loading their money. And he does a ton of stuff like that. So I think that's one place couples go wrong is they, they kind of do whatever's normal. Like mom does this, this, and this, and dad does this, but we've found it strengths really work for us. I concur. I, I see. I see Drew's head nodding. And at the same time, we can't fall back on the excuse of, "Well, she's just better at all of these things exactly. than I am." Like you need to step up and figure out where your strengths are or where you're willing to learn um, on both sides. Like this could be a, a, a husband or wife thing, a partner or a partner thing. Where can you step up? Because it can't all be on one person. It can't, but it is really important that if you give a task to someone. They may not do it just the way you like it. And so sometimes it's okay to let them fail or let them do the task as they did. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. I think the outcome is probably the same or close to the same. And so there's some of that we got to give up, right? As you, and this goes both ways. I, when I watch you cook sometimes, I can't help but jump in. Like, I feel like that is going to walk out of the room, <laughs> out of the kitchen, Colin. Yeah. I got to walk out of the room. By the way, when you give me a test, like one of our tests right now is we need a new dishwasher. And she's like, I can't take on this task. I want you to take on this task. But then she, you have a lot of opinions about what you want in the dishwasher. I'm like, so sweetie, I, I want to go do this for you. And I'll take it from start to finish. But like, you can't complain to me if, if something's not done exactly the way you want it. And so this Friday... The, the compromise is that she's going to go with me to Home Depot and, and we'll buy the dishwasher together. And I'll, you know, not that there's that much more logistics after that, but I'll handle everything else. Mm -hmm. I think it's an uh, exercise in saying what really matters to you up front. Like when we were all buying the boat together, like you guys can do anything you want to. I care about the colors. And, and then you don't get in their way on everything else. We've also, the four of us, are going on 10 years of marriage. We each have three kids. Like we've learned that in marriage, you have to let some stuff go as hard as it is for some of our personality types. <laughs> Cheers, Drew. <laughs> Cheers, Drew, you and I both. Yes. What, are the, what are the biggest things that you let go? In, Me? From, yes. Huh. Well, Too I don't... need to consider. Huh? I don't... The, the thing about my personality is I feel like I let... I don't have that many big things that I care about. And so our constant struggle is we feel, and I think you feel the same. Drew cares about everything. Like everything has a way it should be done. And Amy doesn't care about enough. And so it's a constant battle of like, I wish you cared more. And, and then I'm like, Drew, everyone just dies. And so we can't care about like everything that happens. I, my, my, I love that. And I so relate to you, Amy. Um, my favorite, you know, comment that I say to Abby and she hates it now because I'm like, because I say it a lot, but I mean it. I'm like, it's not that I don't care. It's that I don't have an opinion. Okay. And those are different things. Yeah. So when I don't do something to your standard, it's not that I don't care. I want you to love it. I want you to be happy, but some things you're asking me to do, I don't have an opinion. I really don't. The very, very first time he said it, we were picking out napkin colors for our wedding. And we're thinking it was such a big deal. Because I'm like, are we going to go navy blue and mint? Or navy blue and sea green? Or navy blue and green? You needed me. You needed my consult back then. 100%. We just didn't know each other. And Colin's sitting there, like staring at me after being here, trying to figure out what our accent <laughs> color is going to be. And he's like, I just don't have an opinion. I just don't have an opinion. So it started off with something as simple as a napkin color. But now like some of the, some of the decisions can feel really big to me, but in mm -hmm. your mind, it's like, you know what? It's really not that big of a deal. And some decisions are very big and Colin should know the difference and just, and has to have an opinion. 
you know, and go through the paces of like the research and carrying. So yeah, we've got a big one right now. Yeah. We're working on right now with Owen. It's yeah. like, are we bringing him to 4k or is he going to stay in 3k? And that's a big decision. And you've taken the brunt of that research. And that's an area where like, I really need to be a part of it. I mean, you need to, you need to feel like you're supported in this and that you're not making that decision alone. Exactly. Okay, I want to pause this episode real quick because we don't talk about our Patreon account nearly enough, but we have such a good community over there. We have over 100 women who are supporting us every month, and as part of this community, you get the behind the scenes of our lives. So yes, Amy and I are vulnerable. We are real. We are transparent on this podcast, but there are some things that we just can't share in public. So... Our Patreon community gets the best of us and sometimes the worst of us, but it's always the good stories, the stories that people really want to know, the stories that are so relatable that you'll feel like you're sitting next to us drinking coffee at a coffee shop. So you can join our exclusive Patreon community by going to patreon.com slash herself podcast. Again, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash herself podcast. Join us for laughs, join us for cries, but join us for the real behind the scenes that we know you've been craving. Okay, let's get back to the show. Okay, so the final big question we have for you guys is, has there ever been a time, of course there has, where there's a tough stretch in your marriage and you're feeling really disconnected from your partner or, you know, those stretches where you're just kind of bickering a lot and how do you bring it back together? I think it's important to ask your partner just like what's going on? What, what could I or we be doing differently to get us back on track? I also think it's important to voice your thoughts. If you feel like you're getting less attention than you're accustomed to or being treated differently. Sometimes life can get so busy. The other person may not be aware of it. So I think those two things have helped us. For us, I know where I stand a lot of times. And I think I've joked about this on the podcast before, but Abby starts 90% of our discussions, (laughs) right? And it's so in, 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 in back in the day, I used to be like, why does she start all these fights? Like, isn't everything going well? Like, it was kind of like out of the blue for me. But when I know that there is a fight or a discussion that is starting, I know that there's something deeper than mm-hmm. whatever the whatever the thing we're fighting about is. And so, like, part of it's like, I know we have to get through that phase. That is a normal phase. Okay, we'll hash out whatever that what I feel is a small thing. And then we get to the root afterward. Mm. And so I've learned with you, Abby, I love you so much and that we just, we need to get through that initial phase and then we can get to the root. And that no, that, that moment is a reminder for me that we need to spend some quality time together mm. away from the kids. You know, of course, maybe there's things I need to step up with at home to take things off of her list. So that could be part of the solution, but us just communicating on a regular basis, and again, qual- not quantity, but quality. Yeah. I've also gotten into a position where I just speak very directly. <laughs> so when we, it seems like an attack, and I know that I can work on softening how I bring things up a lot of times, but especially when I was so low energy for so long, it was like, I don't have energy to like sugarcoat this into a, a three-paragraph soliloquy. Like, I'm going to say exactly what I'm going to say, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it out loud, and this is the, the challenge that we're having right now. Like, I don't want you to have socks on the floor. I feel like you're not pulling your weight with laundry. I don't want to pick up the kids every single day after school. Instead of being like, hey, babe, like this week has been really, really hard for me. I would love if you could pick the kids up from school. Would that be better? Yes, that'd be better put. It wouldn't feel like so much of an attack. Um, but sometimes when you're so low on energy or if it's happened over and over and over again, it can feel like you just want to like say the thing that's on your mind and not have to sugarcoat it. Yeah, and I don't want you to sugarcoat it. I want you to be able to talk directly on things. Um, so that that's that's been a really good thing that you've been able to do that I think has gotten us back into alignment far faster than if we had, you know, you know, walked around the outsides of the, of the issue. There's no passive aggressiveness, put it that way. 
Well, you guys have very honest women that you're married to. Sure do. (laughs) (laughs) Any other way. We have a lot of thoughts and we're going to share them, especially if it feels like there needs to be an adjustment. I think one big thing for Drew and I is if we do have a disagreement and we're not in the space to finish it, we're able to really put it on the shelf in a way that I could have never imagined when I was younger and we were first married and a lot more spicy. Like we will go to sleep on something and then the next day it really does feel more calm. And in my head, I like self-soothe. I'm like, okay, we have a strong marriage. I know this is my person. I know that tomorrow things are going to feel better and I'm able to go to bed. So I think that sometimes there is something to be said for, you know, laying it down for the night and coming back to it. Okay. Now we're going to get into some rapid fire questions. These are going to be shorter answers, but the people want to know. So the first question is, do you shave your backs and your chests? As needed. (laughs) Do you shave your back? I'll pluck occasional hairs. Okay. I don't really get much hair on my back, but the chest I trim up. I see him sometimes and then he lets me pull him and I love to pull his it's, hair out of yeah, his back. Super intimate and attractive and <laughs> just like all of those things. Right? Yeah. Uh, no, absolutely not. You probably could tell I have like zero hair on my back and like eight hairs on my chest. Can so. you grow facial hair or no? Well, yes, I can. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> this is his really, really dark five o'clock shadow, guys. The darkest it's ever been right here. Yeah, no, like I, the facial hair stuff comes in fine. I just don't let it grow out because of work. I normally just keep it fairly clean cut, but maybe one day I'll become that, you know, gruff man with a big beard and. Well, Lit- Colin was actually favored to play Ken in the Barbie movie, but he <laughs> oh wouldn't agree to dye his hair blonde, so they went with Ryan Gosling. Oh, I love Ken. Oh, okay, what are my Amy's pet peeves? Well, we talked about one of them already, is that I care too much about everything. I'm too nitpicky mm. and naggy, so I, I would say I'm the prototypical like nagging wife, but the <laughs> nagging husband, and you hate that. Uh, a couple of other things that come to mind are my overall pokiness. <laughs> the and kids also this morning, they said, we have the slowest dad in the world. And I said, <laughs> I think you might. <laughs> the lotion, uh, the video of Amy watching you put on lotion at night. I still remember it. It's so funny. <laughs> I also have to self-soothe during that. I'm like, it's going to end soon. It's going to be okay. And you know what? We got the boys to school earlier this morning than we have in a long time. Oh, let's go. Uh, and then lastly, my overall impatience with the boys. I don't get yes. too riled up. Mm-hmm. Very good. Okay. What are Abby's pet peeves? All right. The first thing for sure that's number one on the list is when I ask her a question that I can look up myself. Okay. Yeah. She's nodding right now. Um, yeah. So if I, you know, I, I might ask her, Hey, remind me what, like, what are the plans this weekend? Or, or what, what, when we have to get, Oh, Mike, it to his birthday party this weekend when, when I could just go in my calendar and, and get it myself. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Does, she, does she ever ask you what the weather's like outside? <laughs> what, what's the date? <laughs> I get those two questions at least three times a week. I tell Drew, I'm like, what's it like to know the date every day? Because I don't. <laughs> I never, how can you guys keep yeah, track? I respond every time. It's like being a functional adult. <laughs> <laughs> The other one that comes up a lot is any change to plan. So if she has a plan in her head and this is how it's going to go, here's the schedule, and that adjusts in any way that impacts her, it is a big deal. I would say that it's gotten better, though. Yes. The, the issue for me is the repetition. So oh. if it's like the first time if something changes or if it's the first time that week something changes, not that big of a deal. If it happens two or three or four times, it hits so hard to the fact where I'm like, why even make plans? Why even make plans if they're just going to be changed? Why, why even make them? I know it's hard. And, uh, and so you're getting a, a glimpse into the, the fight that we have mm. probably the most is related to schedule changes. And unfortunately, I have a job that, that adjusts from time to time. Not from time to time, all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and so part of the conversation I'm having is like, this is life. Like, we have three kids. Like they're not all healthy at the same time. Something goes um, 
something was different than what we had planned it to. So part of it is like expecting that life changes. Mm-hmm. And so there's not a wrong, a right or wrong answer here. Like you're right. Like there could be absolutely better planning involved for some of this. But then also some of the answer is that life changes all the time. And life would be really boring in my mind if everything went to plan. My gosh, would it be boring. Can you imagine <laughs> if everything went to your plan? Fire up, Colin. Let's go. Let's go. Well, I do think in Abby's defense, the things that are able to be, you could just, there are things that you and I, no. Colin, taking ownership, we could be more attentive to no if we know it bothers them. So we got to work on that. Yes, I do too. <laughs> okay. The next question is, what is the peak and pit of having an influencer wife? This comes from one of our favorite followers, Allison. Oh, Allison. Yes. Go for it, Colin. Well, I think the peak is like, I I see how much Abby cares and I see how much you care, Amy. When you respond to people and they're asking questions, like we, we get some big ones that come in, like uh, being a part of this down syndrome community like I see Ab or Amy, I'm sorry. I see Abby <laughs> responding to DMs in a voice message mm-hmm. with people that just got a diagnosis, like literally that day, and their knee jerk reaction is to reach out to Abby to, for comfort, and she will literally take the time to respond to everybody that gets it. And there's a lot. It's yeah. amazing to me how many people are responding there, and she will take the time to to say, "Hey, I know this is hard." But there's a lot of resources, and I will be here every step of the way to help you, to guide you, and this is a welcoming community. And so to me, like that's the kind of impact that you yes. two are making that this podcast wouldn't have had otherwise, and so I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for what you're doing and helping others. Okay, Pitt. <laughs> All right. Pitt for sure is the phone usage. Uh. I, there are times when you have to be on your phone because that is your business, and so I, I know that. But there are times where it's like, I want there to be windows where it's like, no, like this is family time. This is our kid time. And I don't want it to be on. And I don't care what's happening. (laughs) Right. And I know that's not, that's not reasonable. Like I know that there are things that come up. uh, It's probably me asking for a link. (laughs) (laughs) Asking what day it is. (laughs) What's the weather going to be tomorrow? Amy, check your weather app. Um, But it is hard because like I could go an hour and a half without checking my phone but he will notice the 30 seconds that I'm taking to respond to the text message that came in or the email that needs an immediate response. The, the five minutes. I mean, it's well, you know, annoying. it's actually really interesting because one of the questions we left off but did get asked was the other way. The woman has a husband that's always on her his phone and she just finds it so frustrating and she's mentioned it and it doesn't seem to go down. So obviously with our generation of parenting, it's not just influencers at all. No. It's people that are consuming the information too. So that is hard. So on my end, from a Peaks perspective, one thing that I've really enjoyed is getting to meet new people that I otherwise would not have. For example, um, I was at my company's national sales meeting a few weeks ago. There's almost 500 people from our company there, and most of them I've never met before, even though I've been with the company for 13 years. And a few different times throughout the meeting, like I would just be walking past someone and they'd make a point to stop me and introduce themselves and tell me uh, they're big followers of Herself Podcast and love Amy, love, they love Abby. Uh, so it's been fun to do that. And I feel like more people at my company event knew you guys than <laughs> knew me. Uh, also, it comes with a lot of free swag, like old-fashioned golf. Appreciate the golf <laughs> swag. It's awesome. Uh, from a pit's I agree. Phone usage can be tough Mm -hmm. sometimes. It has gotten better, but it's still a challenge. And to contrast what I just said about meeting new people, sometimes you just have less privacy. Uh, People you see in the public or just people that know your lives in person. Like everyone has seen Drew and Colin with their shirts off. (laughs) Or like, yeah, like all my old high school friends or college friends that I don't like talk to that much anymore. Like they know way more about me than I ever would have expected. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And there might be times where like they talk about a story on the podcast. You're like, that's not how it went. <laughs> <laughs> of course, right? You're getting one side of it. 
But, That's uh, why we bring you guys on. You do. To be fair, we need to have you more so that you guys can um, give the male perspective. And we would, on our podcast, we really are a place that we want husbands and wives and partners to work. Like we do not want to be a men bashing podcast has never been our goal. Um, So it is interesting to hear the other side of the fight sometimes. Okay. And the last one that we're going to end with is what is your favorite thing about your wife? This should be easy, right? Super easy. (laughs) Yeah. It's your overall big picture approach to life and demeanor about it. Uh, As someone who likes to focus on the details it's refreshing and a really good match for me to have someone who can see the forest for the trees and appreciate the big things about life and help keep me grounded Mm -hmm. i love that answer i think for me with with abby like she pushes our family in a way to continue to get better in so many key areas for us that like we wouldn't be where we are today without her because I would have been complacent in just whatever we were doing, right? The podcast was born from that. Um, you know, all the, the therapy appointments for Owen and moving to Wanakee, these are all Abby's ideas that um, we wouldn't have done otherwise. She's constantly learning and adding things to our family that have really helped our kids' mental health, that has helped our mental health, that again, I probably wouldn't have done the research myself. So. My favorite thing about you, Abby, and the reason why I wanted to marry you right from the beginning is I, you knew what you wanted, and I loved your drive, and I loved your passion for continuous learning and improvement that um, I knew would be really good for me and would be really good for the family that I wanted someday, and it's all come true. Well said. That was really sweet. Well, we do have a few extra minutes, I think, so we might have to fire some of these questions <laughs> back at y'all. taking over. First of all, do you shave your chest and backs, ladies? <laughs> My back and chest have not been shaved um, recently. Never. Maybe help me out here, babe. Maybe help me out. <laughs> no, we, we do love having you guys on, though, because I got <laughs> Oh my goodness. We'll never forget the beating around the bush comment from one of the first times. If you guys do want more episodes, they, the guys have been on, what is this? Maybe number six or seven. Yeah, but it's been a while. It's been a long time though. So we have a lot of the stuff from when we were in like the baby stages Mm -hmm. or like even the pregnancy stages with, with us, like the really, really young stages. So it's fun to have you guys back on because we're in a new season of life. Like both of our families are in a new season of life. There are different challenges. There are different victories that we now have because our kids are older because we've been married longer because we've figured out ourselves but then we've also figured out our own relationships too but thanks again for being on guys so much fun thanks for having us love being here love you all and if you aren't following us on instagram amy and i take these conversations so much deeper monday through friday so go follow us over at herself podcast and see all the great posts and stories that we have for you All right, everyone, we'll talk to you next week.